This is episode eight of Pixelated Audio. No street fighter has ever seen fighters fighting like this. <laughs> what? So where'd you come up with that intro? <laughs> I uh, just read it from the cover of the box. Oh man, you gotta love that uh, marketing. Yeah. Anyways, um, welcome to Pixelated Audio, a video game music and retro gaming podcast. And today we're looking at a fighting game, specifically from a franchise that pretty much consumed our lives in the 80s and 90s called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters. I'm Brian and with me is James. And you might be wondering why we're checking this game out out of all the Ninja Turtle games. And honestly, it's probably the one we have the least amount of memories with. Yeah, and we wanted to pick a game that we could kind of single out. Plus, all the other Turtles games we have plans for down the road, so. Yeah, and you don't hear about this one too often, so we thought it'd be fun to bring it up and check out the music. Yeah, and the song that brought in the show was Tournament Fighters Part 1 for the Super Nintendo. It's such an awesome track. I really love that build to the that like Turtles sound, and then it just kind of goes off and has some fun with yeah, it. Yeah, no, that, that track is really cool, and it's, you know, it's different from the other versions that we're going to kind of look at and the other tracks that we're going to look at, and it really has that that kind of build up and mm-hmm. I love it. It's it's short. I, I think it's what the title screen or it's just starting music maybe. Yeah, I'm not intro. sure where it fits, but uh, um, yeah, it's just super fun and it just kind of got me excited to, to play the game. Yeah, I know. It's super fun. Uh, so for this episode, we're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the Super NES, the Sega Genesis Mega Drive and the NES version as well. Even though that the titles are the same, they're essentially three different games. So we're going to focus mostly on the Super NES and the Genesis versions. But we've got some stuff uh, for the NES version lined up too. And this was a major marketing opportunity for the franchise because the third live action movie had just come out. And it didn't do so hot either. Right. I remember not liking the movie or the toys very much. But now we have three new games across top selling platforms and a new toy line to go with them. We're also in the seventh season of the cartoon at this time. And there's no signs of it slowing down. So anyways, uh, how do we want to do this? I guess we could go chronologically. Sure. So its first release was on the Sega Genesis in September of 1993, and shortly after that in December was the release of the Super NES version, both developed and published by Konami. And these aren't ports either. Like we said, very different games, and Konami was kind of known for doing completely different versions of the same game on different platforms. Right. At this point in the early to mid-90s, they had their hands dipped in pretty much you know every platform that was out making money. Well, they had some stuff on the 3DO. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah, so even some consoles that weren't making money. Right. But platforms aside, Tournament Fighters is basically that um, across the board. It's a fighting game that pits both heroes and villains together. And this took a different approach to what we've seen for the Turtles before. And Konami was kind of riding on the hills of Capcom's success, bringing Street Fighter to the home consoles. But before we get into the characters, gameplay, and all that good stuff, let's fire up some music from the Genesis version. The game was composed by Miki Higashino, and she is awesome. Uh, she was with Konami from the very early years doing arcade games like Gradius, Ear Kung Fu, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. She also did Vandal Hearts for PS1, both Suikoden 1 and 2 for the PS1. And, you know, all these games I, I really, really love. And um, she's just got a lot more stuff, too. She also used the alias Mickey-chan for a lot of games, too. But what's really cool is in an interview, she actually said that Tournament Fighters was one of the most fun games that she worked on. Out of all those impressive titles, that's that's super awesome. I know, right? I would have never guessed. Uh, but anyways, on the list for the first block, we have Krang Stage, Leonardo Stage, and Triceraton Stage. So let's fire those up.
That was Crane's stage, Leonardo's stage, and Triceraton's stage, composed by Miki Higashino for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the Sega Genesis. You're right. These are some great tracks. Yeah, I know. It's, she's awesome. She's really awesome. Like, uh, super funky. Yeah. Like, all of the tracks, in some way or another, have, they, she incorporates that funk sound in. That first track, Crane's stage, you'd think it's got this really... I mean, just from what we know in the cartoons, you think it's just really like, you know, uh, industrial kind of yeah, sound, like, like in the Technodrome or something. No, it's it's super fun. Yeah, but it's like uh, his his song. I thought had a bit of a menacing sound to the funkiness. Like, yeah, the if, bass if is have really that, but... crunchy. It's really splat splat bass. I love yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I thought it fit with him pretty good, especially after hearing the other tracks and I, how I feel like a lot of these tracks are really tailored to the kind of the personality or the feeling that each character gives. Like the Leonardo stage, I thought had a little bit more of a like a refined um, controlled sound to it, but it was still kind of had that funky beat. Like you were, like you were, had mentioned, but I felt it fit like with his personality where he's very controlled and no, kind of I rigid. Can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Triceraton, his stage is, it starts off really, um, it has that kind of like, echoing kind of sound and then you hear mm-hmm. these bass drops and we were talking about how cool that sounded yeah um when we we're listening to him and i love how it picks up you know you get this really distorted bass again and mm-hmm. it gets really crunchy and um no it's 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 a good track they're all all three um the genesis soundtrack is 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 awesome so. yeah no it's really great and with his stage the triceraton stage i that those bass drops to me it kind of echoed how big he is and like that he like almost like those are his footsteps and that he's you know he's a big guy yeah, he's, he's huge, a giant right? fighter right. but uh, he was always really cool i always liked him a lot and so yeah. i really like that track a lot for this game uh one more thing that i want to bring up about leonardo stage um before we um move on i i wrote down here uh pilot wings and there's the reason why is because there's there's a part in i want to say it's like 30 seconds or so in it really has that that pilot wings, you know, kind mm-hmm. of sound that that you know is kind of echoing off each other, and that was the first thing that popped in my mind. So. No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the story is kind of laid out like this: Master Splinter is in the sewers meditating when the turtles show up, but he notices right off the bat that uh, there's something wrong, and actually he finds out that they're clones made by Krang and ends up getting kidnapped. He seems to be getting kidnapped a lot for the one that basically trained the turtles and taught them everything they know. Yeah, but he's kind of old, and he always seems to be outnumbered. Okay, I'll give him that. Um, so the real turtles actually have to travel to Dimension X to get him back, and really, that's the whole story. you want to read off the characters? Yeah, uh, let me see here. Uh, for the Genesis, we have eight playable characters. There's Raphael, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, April O'Neil, Casey Jones, Ray Filet, who I actually had the action figure for, and he was always one of my favorites. You know, I still have some of the original action figures in the box from the first line of toys. Yeah, I know. They're pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, they also had an original character for this game named Sisyphus. And there's a few bosses, too. Uh, Triceraton, Krang's Android, and Karai. I thought it was really cool to see Karai play such a big role in this game because I feel like she's a character people don't know much about. And in recent books, she's changed quite a bit. But in the beginning, she started out as the leader of the Japanese chapter of the foot. And she actually outranked Shredder. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and so in single player mode, you travel through Dimension X battling the clones created by Krang as well as the bosses. There's also a tournament mode where you can fight 88 matches. Yes, 88 matches with one health bar. Man, that is so crazy. I, I would really love to see a video of someone beating that. I'm sure there's a playthrough somewhere. But anyways, obviously there's a two-player versus mode and a practice mode. The three-button layout on the Genesis was kind of limiting for a fighting game. Two buttons are used for attacks and one for a taunt. And they were able to get around this limitation a little bit by integrating the D-pad and a button press at the same time to create different attacks and power moves. If your health bar gets too low, it starts flashing and you can pull off these really insane special attacks kind of like a last resort i think so the problem is i could never actually get them to work like really i tried yeah same here i think they might be impossible i think so uh, but we have a few more tracks to play so first up is character select donatello stage april o'neill stage and uh, let's have a listen to those and we'll be right back
That was Characters Select, Donatello Stage, and April O'Neil Stage, composed by Mickey Higashino for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the Sega Genesis. Those are some awesome tracks. Like every single one of those is, um, the, you know, this is obviously a tailored list that we like these, you know, we like these songs, so right. we put them in there. Yeah, this was my favorite block from this game so far. Like, oh, I me, really love them. Me too, especially that last track, but yeah. uh, we'll get into that in a sec. That uh, The character select screen, it's, it has this really, you know, heavy bass. There's a lot of funk. And then every once in a while, like if you if you listen carefully, there's that kind of hint of the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. Right. That da 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 Like they throw it in there like very subtly, but um, they kind of hide it from you. And yeah. A lot of these there. tracks kind of have that very subtly mixed in. They didn't hit you over the head with the turtle sound, which I thought I really liked because yeah. it kind of gives you a break from hearing the cartoons so much and all that in the movies and all that sound. So it's like uh, something totally new. It didn't sound like a remix of the turtle theme like right. done in like, you know, 30 different ways. So no, it's really cool. Donatello stage. Wow, super funky again. There's like a ton of like um, Higashino is doing the best she can to approximate that electric organ sound. Right. And it sounds really cool in the Genesis. No, yeah, I really liked it. Um, my notes for this song when I was uh, listening to it, it was it was just, wow, I really like this track a lot. <laughs> it's super cool. and Very expressive. And very... There's, there's like these little like tech sounds in it that to me made it feel a little bit uh, technology based for Donatello, which I really loved that that she really tailored the songs to the character's personality right underneath all that like you know genesis slap bass yeah. sound but um the the last track april o'neill that's my favorite track in this game yeah like, i can totally see why it's the my favorite track like it's so cool like um there is uh that ovation you hear right in the beginning of this wow you know like, yeah it's really that's really awesome and then it goes into these little episodes inside um the track that the trumpets are playing and then it mm-hmm. cuts over to like, you know, the woodwinds and it kind of goes back and forth. I love that. I love this track a lot. Yeah. Really no, cool. this, this song has a lot of variety to it, which was really awesome. Yeah. Um, there's a few other things, you know, like this game is just really hard. Yeah. Crazy hard. It's really hard. So having this upbeat, you know, music kind of pumps you up and it's, it's funny because I turned the game on like the lowest difficulty and I could barely get through it. Yeah. Same here. I was playing it and I didn't expect it to be so hard and, Kind of got a little frustrated, and I turned down the difficulty, thinking, okay, this will make it a little easier. I turned it all the way down. Nope. It didn't seem like it made a difference. It's, it was it's funny. so hard. I'm glad I'm not the only one, because when we're like, playing these games like to you know prepare for this this episode, I was like, man, like I wonder if James like was able to get through this, because like I'm having some... I'm having a tough time. Yeah, and this is the version I would have had for this game because I grew up with the Sega Genesis, and I would have probably immediately been pretty upset. Like, th- this is crazy hard. I didn't, I didn't even think that... Any, given any extra time playing it would have made a difference for me <laughs> the graphics are okay I, the animation's kind of choppy and um it just doesn't feel like you know it was optimized very well for the you know hardware yeah i mean a lot of the turtles games up to this point seemed you know like the graphics were really awesome and this it kind of had like the you know not its a game feel to it it felt like the i felt like the color palette was a little bit darker and um i a little more fuzzy then not yeah. not like the graphics were worse but like more just it like the colors didn't blend very well well but. and i think the for me the sprites weren't as well designed they felt kind of rubbery and kind of bland like not as uh defined looking they were kind of almost felt generic to me yeah but the music is where this game shines and it works really really well for this system you know turtles is something that kind of you know it's fast paced it's a pump up game and the synth chip in the genesis you know, there's a lot of, you know, debate, like some people really don't like that sound, but mm-hmm. it, there's some games that it works really well for. And this is one of them, like, you know, Streets of Rage and those other kind of like these specific, right. you know, beat em up scenarios or fighting scenarios. The Genesis really pulls pulls ahead here. And I, mm-hmm. I think and it, it's something like The Legend of Zelda or Super Mario or Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, it, that would not work on the Genesis. It, that's works for the super nintendo yeah it totally had games that that its sound would have worked really well for and i I could totally see what you're saying here um anyways but i think it's time to maybe move on to the super nintendo version yeah sounds good so this version features two modes that took a different take on those that we saw in the genesis there's a tournament mode and a story mode in tournament mode april o'neill's news station channel six has set up a fighting tournament with different prizes and money as a reward could you imagine our news station setting something up like this 
Uh, no, but uh, maybe I'd start watching the news more if they did. <laughs> so uh, the turtles are in the sewer sitting on the couch watching TV and notice that Shredder is one of the applicants. They figured, you know, something's got to be up with this. So Splinter tells them to join the tournament and figure out Shredder's motive. Story mode starts with the turtles finding out that Splinter and April have been captured by a group called the Shredder Elite led by Karai. So in order to save them, they have to travel around in the turtle blimp and defeat a bunch of bad guys to collect info. Yeah, in this mode, um, you play as one of the four turtles only, none of the supporting characters. Right, but otherwise the playable characters in this game are obviously the four turtles, Shredder, War, Wingnut, Chrome Dome, Armagon, and Asuka. Um, Two non-playable bosses include the Rat King and Karai, but I was kind of poking around on GameFAQs and saw that by using cheat codes, you can actually play as the Rat King and Karai, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, just to make note, though, Asuka is an original character for the game, and she's also kind of a fan favorite, I guess. But it's funny because in the U.S. release of the game, they actually had to tone down and censor her design a bit. Yeah, basically adding some shorts where her bikini was in the Japanese version. But let's get into our first block. Uh, this game has three credited composers, all of which were working for Konami. Yeah, there's Kazuhiko Uehara, who had also done work on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time, The Legend of the Mystical Ninja, and Gradius 3. Hideto Inoue, who had done work on the Genesis port of Sunset Riders and uh, did Ninja Turtles Hyperstone Heist. And Harumi Ueko, who did Castlevania Dracula X. And we commonly see Ueko paired up with Uehara in projects like, we mentioned, Turtles in Time, Mystical Ninja, and so on. First up is Cafeteria, Enter the Tournament, Pirate Ship, and Turtle Power. So let's take a listen, and we'll be back right after the break.
That was Cafeteria, Enter the Tournament, Pirate Ship, and Turtle Power, composed by Kazuhiko Uehara, Hideto Inoue, and Harumi Ueko for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo. Super 90s sound to it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And I can really see the... Um the connection between turtles and time as well was with that first track cafeteria. No, no, I a hundred percent agree with you. Like there are a lot of subtleties that were borrowed. I'm sure from mm-hmm. those other games, I I'm sure that the composers too, um, were not the composers, but the designers were heavily influenced by those games and played a lot of them I and mean, being all Konami games anyway. Right. So. And on the same system and, you know, so not much of a time gap and they even has, it has a little bit of a similar look, but Enter the Tournament was a track that I was a little bit surprised by. Um, it was a really cool track. I liked it a lot. Yeah, again, like, sa- same thing we saw in the Genesis. There's a lot of, like, that slap bass approximation. And um, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, I was thinking, like, I couldn't help but uh, think the the sexy saxophone man like <laughs> playing in there. It just sounds like, you know, hearing that 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 saxophone sound, um, you know, playing just this guy just jamming out with, like, a tie-on. Yeah, no, that's pretty pretty awesome. <laughs> I, I, I really like these. Um Pirate Ship was another one that I really liked quite a bit. I don't know if it was maybe because of the background or whatnot, but uh, I really liked the theme with that giant uh, squid. And Armagon is a really cool character, I thought. So I thought this track was really special. I yeah, in it. both games, the Genesis and the Super Nintendo version, there's the backgrounds are awesome. They're they're actually mm-hmm. awesome across the board. And right. um, they're, they're different and they have unique parts and stuff. It's cool because they're all... I think it started with the Genesis version, right? They used levels that you could actually break right yeah they had some uh, destructible parts right and that made its way to the super nintendo version as well yeah which is always cool to see integrated background and things like that which is um, just made the game a little bit more fun yeah in pirate ship did they do you remember what like you could like break in that level no i'm not quite sure um i remember seeing like the tentacles moving around and stuff and i so i was a little distracted by that i thought it was really neat yeah but there's a lot of um there's a lot of orchestra hits that you hear in that pirate ship level Mm -hmm. a lot in that track and it's just like that bow 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 over and over and over you know the the super nintendo is notorious for that and they really uh they really used all that they could out of out of those sounds so yeah no it's a very uh super nintendo sound to the whole album which is really cool yeah moving on to turtle power when i was listening to this the first thing that popped in my head was rainbow road (laughs) i i couldn't help it like it just sounded like yeah with the uh the title turtle power i kind of expected something a little bit more recognizable yeah but yeah something like that but didn't hear it at all that was really cool i thought it was kind of you know mellow ish which i really liked it was a nice nice difference yeah, there's a lot of brass again that they use. It's a fun track. It's it's short. It's like a minute long, but um, I'm glad we threw it in there. And uh, anything else? No. So let's move on. Konami pulled off a really good fighting system this time around. The movements in the game are really nice with fluent animation. And now with the Super NES controller, they can utilize the four face buttons for two standard attacks and two fierce attacks. But it shares some similarities with the Genesis version for things like throws, combo moves, and specials. Yeah, and for specials, there's this mutagen meter that sits right below your health bar. And when you get hit or you land attacks, this meter builds up. And when it's full, you can use those for specials. Right. And it's pretty clear that there's a lot of ideas taken from the previous Turtle games. I think the director was Yasuo Okuda. Yeah, Okuda. Yeah, and he really liked the animated series and the comics and wanted to do the game justice by bringing the whole Turtle scope, if you will, into play. Really trying to recapture certain elements, even from the original NES games. But before I forget, I want to bring up the box art a little bit, which I feel is another way that they tied everything into the Turtle universe. And they did this by bringing in Chris Allen, who was the comic artist or one of the main comic artists on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle adventure books, as well as some of the tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I thought it was just really cool that they incorporated him into these games by doing all the box arts, which um, I thought was neat, too, that each box art had a different turtle featured on it with a different boss that was um, specific to that that actual game. So he did the box art for each of the turtles, so the NES, Super NES, and Genesis ones? Right, right, yeah. And, and like I said, they had, each game had a different turtle on the cover and had a different bad guy that was specifically from that game, which I thought was just a really cool idea. That's awesome. That's really cool. Anyways, um, are you ready for another music set? Yeah. Uh, let me see what we have next on the list. Um, so we have Karai's Letter, Scrapyard, Sky Palace, and no stage and aside from karai's letter they're all stage music but there's really a lot of diversity so let's take a listen and we'll be right back 
from the Super Nintendo version of Tournament Fighters, that was Karai's Letter, Scrapyard, Sky Palace, and No Stage, all composed by Kazuhiko Uehara, Hideto Inoue, and Harumi Ueko. Yeah, for that first song, uh, Karai's Letter, I remember where that fits into the game. You actually get a letter from her telling, you know, this is how you're going to get someone back, and I have them. And um, I, I thought, like, the song was really intense and energetic for I was getting, a, s- a, like, a mysterious letter. I, was I don't even think they knew who thing. she was at this point. Yeah, so, like, it, it starts out that it kind of weird and slow, and then it builds up, and it's super fast. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, and then it ends kind of darkly a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I, it's a great track. I just it's felt cool. like it's it could have fit into the... You know, like this, where's this letter coming from? Who's it? Who is this? You know, but, yeah, uh, it could it, have been more mysterious, I think, yeah. rather than like, uh, let's, you know, start fighting now. Yeah. But um, yeah, the next track, uh, Scrapyard, is uh, it's a longer track out of all of the other ones. And it's a it's a stage song again. And um, I like this. It starts. I want to say, you know, it, it's really fast action, but mm-hmm. it's weird how they, the composers played with this track because it's like they brought in every single instrument. Like right, at some right. point there's like, there's like an electric organ breakdown then like this, you know, trumpet, then like kind of a saxophone approximation and then like a keyboard, then guitar and then like a bass. And it right. just, this it's track, really intense. Yeah. This track has a lot of variation to it. And like you said, almost like little segments where it's like each instrument kind of gets a little part, but I mean, I felt it still had a overall sound that worked together, but yeah, it, it is a longer track with a lot of variation to it. Sky Palace. The one thing that I, I kept hearing over and over is the the guitar track that mm-hmm. that electric guitar it's the same riff and it's played throughout the whole song and yeah. there's little tiny breaks where they they kind of change it around but basically that guitar riff just plays it's cool it's really cool how they do it and um there's a you know it's a minute long track and they have a lot of energy all these tracks like seriously they're they they, they tire me out <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a, another good one that's a very high energy and and you know, unlike Scrapyard, it doesn't have as much variation, but it's not bad that it doesn't. It's it kind of really gets you pumped up and ready to go. And for a fighting game, that's that's what you yeah, want. Yeah, exactly what you want. You know, and no stage. This is the the biggest, you know, oddball in the group. Yeah. Um but it does get going. It does pick up. Right. Um so it starts out it's no stage, right? So this is no based on the, you know, the Japanese play form, you know, these rice paper walls and lanterns and the whole nine yards. Right. And so it starts off very, I want to say ethnic in a sense, and then moves towards this more like action pace type of track. And, um, you, you need that for fighting level anyway. So, right. And it's good that they pick it up. Right. And like you said, it, it definitely is the most different out of all these tracks. And, and for me, after hearing it, it kind of, made me wish that for this album, they kind of broke away from that Ninja Turtle sound that we heard from Turtles in Time and stuff like that and kind of played around with a little bit more like how I feel this track did. Yeah, and it, the first thing that I thought of, I was thinking, oh man, this is like Samurai Showdown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um, but it does pick up really fast. So yeah. let's take a quick sidestep here and talk about the NES version. So a few months later, in February of 1994, Konami made a brave attempt to bring a version of the game to the NES, and it was actually one of the last few licensed games to come out on the system. Yeah, not only that, it was also Konami's last NES game. The other games had uh, pretty basic stories, but for this, it's even simpler. Splinter gets captured again by Shredder, and the Turtles decide to challenge each other to a tournament to see who will single-handedly take him down. That's it. Uh, Like, only one sentence. (laughs) I love it. Um, and they also trimmed down the roster a bit too. Um, there's only seven characters, the four turtles, shredder, Casey Jones and hothead. And graphically it kind of resembles the first, uh, teenage mutant Ninja Turtles game on the NES for a system with only two buttons and limited hardware. It's not really that bad. Um, it's kind of boring, but it's, you know, fun to pop on with a friend. Yeah. And the controls are pretty responsive. Um, but there's little variation in attacks for obvious reasons. And a really odd thing for this game is there's this little machine that flies by with Splinter's face on it and it drops like this red ball and anyone can pick it up and this allows you to kind of throw fireballs. It's really weird. That's what those were for. Oh, I, I could never figure it out. Um, I didn't really spend too much time on this game. Um, there's some slowdowns and sprite tearing every now and then, but you know, we got to keep in mind that the NES didn't really get games like this. Well, you know, two player, you know, fighting games like ever. Other than Urban Champion, I can't think of anything, but given what they had to work with, you know, it was a decent attempt. 
if you have a means to play it, I mean, check it out, I guess, but you're not really missing much. And yeah, just go play Urban Champion instead. Now, the soundtrack isn't that bad, though, and Konami really always delivers in this regard. Yeah, we have a few tracks that we picked out that are pretty cool. I can't really say that for the whole soundtrack, but there's a few that really, really stand out. So there's two composers for this game. Junichiro Kaneda, who surprisingly did the soundtrack for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Battle Nexus on the GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox. And Ayako Nishigaki, who worked for Konami, but did a lot more behind-the-scenes sound work than actual composition. Yeah, from the NES version, we have Sewer, Downtown, Staff, and Intro 3, Heroes United. It's pretty rad stuff, so let's check it out.
that was Sewer Downtown Staff Intro 3 Heroes United, composed by Jun Ichiro Kaneda and Ayako Nishigaki for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters on the NES. If I have to be honest, I, I think these are some of my favorite tracks in the episode so far. Oh, totally. Totally. Um, Sewer is so insanely awesome. I When I first heard the track, I just couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, this is so great. It's so Konami. It's so Konami. Like, it... It just every it's the essence of the company, and they mm-hmm. they throw it into the game, and I and I love it. It's it's really it's really fun. The downtown, the the next um, track on there, uh, it has what we see in a lot of the early Ninja Turtle games with the pitch bending. So it's like da 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 down, and it yeah. has that those bends. And I love when they do that with the NES hardware. It's mm-hmm. so it's so fun, and it kind of has that surfs up kind of. Ninja Turtle thing. And, um, you know, I played a lot of the original NES game. Mm -hmm. So my memories of the music and stuff are like clear cut in my head. Yeah, pretty hardwired. So, you know, hearing these tracks um, with the NES hardware, it just immediately makes me think of the original game. Mm -hmm. And they they brought a lot of that to the table. It's really cool. Yeah, no, I can totally see that. Um, And this song has such great variation to it. Like the little notes here and there, and then like these little riffs and stuff. Ah, it's just like downtown and and sewer are just amazing. And like those trills they do in sewer where it's like, like, you know, 50 different notes and like, I love it. I love it on that hardware. It's just so great. No, it's really cool. And staff, this is just almost too awesome for this game. Yeah, the, the the track for staff. It's like the longest track out of all the the tracks in this game. Right, and uh, I don't know if anybody actually ever saw this, but it's mm-hmm. it's really cool. And yeah, you know, no, like you fun. said, it's the uh, the game was all right. Like I didn't hate it or anything like that. Honestly, I think I might have preferred it to the Sega Genesis version, but it's you know it's got its downfall. But the man, the music is just so insane. Like I just love it so much. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people have missed out on this game too, because it came out after the, the next gen, you know, for the time hardware. And, you know, by this point people were like, you know, do we need more NES when, you know, a lot of people moved on. Right. Right. I think I remember reading that only eight games came out for the NES after this one. So it's kind of like, this was very, very right at the end. Like, Late in the game. Yeah. It was almost like an afterthought. Like, hey, I, I think people still have these in their houses. Why don't we just see if we can get some cash out of them still and, yeah. and throw Slap it in. Slap that turtle's name on it and anyone's going to buy it. Yeah. No, the, the last track, uh, Intro 3 Heroes United, that's like 30 seconds of pure awesomeness. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. It's, it's a really cool track. I think that... You know, I picked out like four tracks and had you listen to them and you were like, oh, these are all great. Let me hear the other ones. And I played a few others for you. And you can see that we actually we, we kind of soloed out like the best ones. Right. On here. There's a lot of tracks like um, the same song, but sped up and on right. repeat. And it's not, you know, it's not really doing anything new and fun. It's kind of like it's more like Mario's panic mode where you're running out of time. Right. Um, so the, a lot of the other tracks don't really have the same, the same value to them, I think, but yeah. So we picked, uh, you know, what we felt was the best and I mean, they are amazing. Yeah. And the composers did an excellent job. So, you know, good job guys. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's move back over to the super Nintendo for a little bit before we wrap up. So we have some more tracks lined up, but there's actually a few more features that we left out that we should probably touch on. Uh, you want to explain them? Like, uh, the options menu. And uh, the watch mode. It's actually a pretty cool feature of the game and solely on the Super Nintendo. Basically, it's just an option screen where you can change the difficulty and stuff like any other fighter. But you can also change the speed of the game. And what this does is it actually turns the game into like a hyper fighting game. And it's really rad. Obviously taken from Street Fighter games, but uh, no, it's really cool to add to the mix. Yeah, and after playing at high speed for like 10 minutes, I had a really hard time going back and playing it on like the normal speed. It's really fun though. Also from the title screen, there was this watch mode. I have no idea why this had its own option, but basically you get to watch two computer fighters go head to head. Not really my idea of fun, but you know, I guess they thought people would like to do it. I don't know. Yeah, I'd just rather play the game. Yeah, that's probably the consensus, but I don't know. Maybe they want to do some betting or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like I'll put like five down on Raphael and see, right. see how it goes this round. Anyways, we got um, some music to play. It's our last block before we wrap up, starting with Mount Olympus, Supreme Dominance, and Tournament Fighters Part 2. Let's fire those up.
was Mount Olympus, Supreme Dominance, and Tournament Fighters Part 2, composed by Kazuhiko Uehara, Hideto Inoue, and Harumi Ueko for Tournament Fighters on the Super Nintendo. I spent a lot of time on Mount Olympus fighting and... Hiking up or... No, the the track, I I didn't remember it like this, even though I just played it yesterday, but uh, it just felt so different. But uh, I really like the track. It's it's really great. It's, yeah, it's got it's, a really cool sound to it with some variation. But for some reason, I it's not how I remember it. Yeah, the percussion is really intense. Um, a little bit too much sometimes for you know you know fighting game. They they want to keep that like we right. said numerous times. But I could use a little bit more mellow uh, percussion. I think. Um, the next track, Supreme Dominance. Another really cool track with a lot of echoing and, you know, mm-hmm. harmonics every now and then. And, um, you know, it's it's a it's kind of more of a generic track. It doesn't really I don't know where this fits in the game. It's just Supreme Dominus. Right. It's not like a level. It's um, I don't know. Maybe one of you guys know and can let us know in the comments. Um, but it, it's a fun track and it's it's cool. Right. To, and it, it had some parts in it. Not the whole song, but it definitely had some parts in it to me that felt very like 90s movie montage. I don't know. I'm, I'm a big sucker for 90s movie montage music. So <laughs> so those parts of the track I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, Tournament Fighters Part 2, um, it's kind of like that has that build up. It's almost like the intro that we came in mm-hmm. with. It, it has that build up and it's really fast paced and it has a really Turtles feel to it. I like that. It's right. Really cool. I kinda, Yeah, I kind of thought uh, almost like Turtles meet Punch-Out, but you had said Super Soccer was something you felt was influenced by this or sounded like this. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. I mean, granted, we did that that show a while back now, but I still have it in my mind every now and then. And yeah. The first thing I was thinking was like, oh, man, this is like Super Soccer jamming. Yeah. No, it was a great track that used the Super Nintendo sound really well. I, I really liked it in this song. Yeah, I know. There's... Um, there's some cool instruments, variations and stuff that they use and and I like it. It's fun. It's it's a minute long, you know, pop it in, enjoy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh to kind of recap what we covered here, uh we covered three games, well, three versions of one game. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Tournament Fighters for the Super Nintendo, composed by Kazuhiko Uehara, Hideto Inoue, and Harumi Ueko. We also covered the Genesis and Mega Drive, composed by Miki Higashino. And lastly, the NES, composed by Junichiro Kaneda and Ayako Nishigaki. And I'm sure a lot of you would agree that, uh, you know, the Super Nintendo version is probably the way to go. Yeah, if you're going to play any of the fighters, I recommend, you know, definitely the Super Nintendo version. The NES version is more or less kind of like an afterthought. Um, In the Genesis, they just kind of missed a bunch of pegs there. So, yeah. Anyways, um, hands down uh, for the Super NES. We give them all a shot and each have some positives and negative points. But yeah, I think the the Super NES is more of a complete package. So that's the show. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at Pixelated Audio. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher and feel free to leave us a review. You can also visit us online at pixelatedaudio.com where we keep all of our show notes and track lists. Um, You can also leave us a comment and that would be great to hear what you guys think about the episodes. Yeah. And if anything else, check out the episode artwork James has been doing for the, you know, all of our episodes. It's really well done. Thanks. You know, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. So the track taking us out is Star Turtles 2, The Wrath of Man from a group of remixers. Um, Let's see here. There's Carbohydro M, Omega Drive, Snapple Man, The Snuggle Men, and Wildcat, which is part of an overclocked remix album that came out in April of 2014 called Shell Shocked. Totally awesome. Check it out. Download it. Enjoy. Enjoy.